With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the FTN NBA podcast with your hosts, Adam Pfeiffer and Joe Metz. Presented by the FTN Network. This two-man fast break runs you through the best cash and tournament options for every game on today's slate. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the FTN Fantasy NBA Podcast, presented, of course, by the FTN Network. It is Wednesday, February 17th, 2021. A lot of basketball here on Wednesday night. Tons of games, tons of news, tons of everything, per usual, around the NBA. I'm Adam Pfeiffer, as always, joined by Mr. Joe Metz. Joe, your, your Milwaukee Bucks stink, man. I know, I don't know. I mean, I'm not even going to sit here and deny that right now we're playing awful um absence of drew holiday has shown that i don't if we know we don't really know how to run an offense without a point guard so hoping they can turn it around sooner rather than later but alas we have a massive wednesday slate to focus on anyways yeah there's a lot were there 10 games what would have been 11 Uh, 11, i think it would have been 12 let's see Uh, let's 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 go back to math shall we one two no you're right it is 11 now it's 10 uh yeah haven't been in a math class in quite some time see you later (laughs) Um, but yeah, obviously when you have a slate this large, you're going to have a ton of options. So, um, let's get right to it. Starting with the New York Knicks, they're at the Orlando Magic. Um, obviously Orlando is still incredibly banged up. They have gotten Michael Carter-Williams back the last, um, two games who we haven't really talked about on this pod at all, other than the fact that, okay, Michael Carter-Williams is out. But given the fact that this team is missing so many ball handlers right now. We need to talk about him. I mean, he started each of the last two games, 27 and 30 minutes. He's gone for nearly 40 and then 21 and a half fantasy points. Um, seven assists in one game, seven rebounds in the other. He's 4,900. Cole Anthony already out. Aaron Gordon's still out, obviously. They just don't have anybody else to handle the ball. And then, obviously, Nikola Vucevic, 10,100. He is just... As safe as it gets right now. I know his, his game against Phoenix the other night wasn't great. 28 minutes. Game was a blowout. But prior to that, it's just been ridiculous ceiling game after ceiling game. Uh, this is a guy over the last week with you know, a 33% rebounding rate, 1.5 fantasy points per minute. Over the last five games, this is a guy that's averaging. They're just playing. like They were playing a lot of pick and roll with the guards. Now they're just playing, okay, don't put the boost switch in the post. He's averaging 14 post-ups per game that's more than Embiid during that span that's yeah and Embiid leads the league doesn't he in post-ups per game sorry what'd you say did you say Embiid leads the league in post-ups per game on the season too doesn't he yeah post-up possessions post-up points per game he's he's among the so that kind of just illustrates how much Vucevic is is posting and how much this offense is flowing through him I, I I like him on this slate don't get me wrong I do think though you know, he's been a much easier play, obviously, when he's been in that uh, mid to high 8K range, low 9K range. I think it's it's at a point now where there will be decisions that have to be made. There are other uh, stars on this slate within a couple hundred dollars that, in my opinion, are, are probably a little more worthwhile than Nikola Vucevic. 
Um, you know, like Russell Westbrook against Denver is $100 less than him. Bradley Beal, $300 less than him. Trey Young, $500 less than him. Like Julius Randle on the other side of this game, $600 less. Like there are a lot of options um, where you, instead of fitting him alongside these guys that I just mentioned, you're going to have to choose like an either or, which isn't a situation we've been in with Vucevic yet this season. But, you know, uh, backtracking a bit to Michael Carter-Williams, I like that call a lot. Um, I Obviously, we have no idea right now. I believe Evan Fournier is still questionable. Yeah. Um, if, if we're operating under the assumption he is out, um, on the season with Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon, Markel Fultz, and Cole Anthony out, obviously that is only a 56.8-minute sample size for Michael Carter-Williams. But he has over a 30% usage rate, 36.7% assist rate, 1.1 DK points per minute. So he, like... He is option two behind Nikola Vucevic in this starting lineup right now. Um, he salvaged what looked like it was going to be a pretty brutal game against Phoenix. I think he started shooting like 10% from the field or something. But again, Chris Paul defense will do that to a player like Michael Carter-Williams, who isn't the most dynamic offensive player. At 4,900 in a, in a not a fast-paced matchup by any means, but a better matchup than than Phoenix, I will I will 100% have interest here. So I think... Unlike Slate's past, my, my magic interest doesn't start with Nikola Vucevic on Wednesday. It starts with Michael Carter-Williams, with Vucevic being a great secondary piece for this team. Yeah, we'll see about uh, Fournier. James Ennis is questionable. Um, they've been without a lot of – they were without a lot of wings and guards in that last game, and Terrence Ross played huge minutes. Um, and, yeah, like the last two games in those starts, Michael Carter-Williams is averaging six and a half seconds per touch – which is a massive number. I mean, you look at the players leading the league in average seconds per touch. Like, his average seconds per touch over the last two games would lead the NBA among qualified players right now. So it just shows how much the ball is in his hands with these injuries. Um, probably won't go to Ross regardless at that price. Maybe he's more – well, not maybe. He's more viable, obviously, four days out. Um, but it kind of – it's still not a great matchup. It's still a slow-paced game. So I'm not going crazy with Orlando here. What about New York? Um, Julius Randle still playing at an elite level. We'll see if he's an all star. I mean, there's the East is loaded with all star selections, so like, especially forward players are going to get left right. Like players are going to get left out. Like Jeremy Grant probably not going to make it. Julius Randle might not make it. One of Bradley Beal or Levine could potentially not make it if teams if if voters are just like, oh, they they play for bad teams. But Randle's been great all year. Um, coming off a huge game against Atlanta, ninety five hundred. Is he my favorite play in the slate? No, but you know what you're going to get. You know you're going to get the peripherals. Yep. Mr. Robinson, obviously, out for the foreseeable future with the um, fracture in his hand. We've seen Nerlens Noel start each of the last two games. He's gone for 23 and 24 fantasy points. He's not going to be a high-usage guy, um, but he's got five blocks and three steals over that span. Any interest in him? What do you think of New York here? It's been mostly Randall for me as of late because the guards are all over the place because Derrick Rose is there now playing 20 to 25 minutes. And you can't play quickly, and you can't play Alfred Payton. Um, so this team's kind of become easy by default for me. Yeah, I am in the same boat. Uh, Noel is still interesting, but he's kind of approaching a price at 5300 on FanDuel and 4700 on DraftKings where you can – like I don't expect him to be like the chalk value anymore, especially because he continues to salvage his nights with stocks. Um, with that said, like we obviously know that this – range of outcomes where he can have a game with, with five blocks and three steals is not a very unlikely outcome. Um, especially if new, if they're playing a team in Orlando that 
has their offense currently funneling through someone in the paint. So that obviously caters more towards that defensive upside. So I do like Noel. And Carter Williams will drive. Like this is an Orlando team that outside of Ross and Fournier and obviously. They don't really play from the perimeter. Right. Um, Other than the incredible spot up shooting of uh, Gary Clark. (laughs) The man who has yet to step inside the three point arc (laughs) in two seasons. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, I, I think you can get away with Randall, but again, like he is a player that we're, as as stellar as his play has been, he's at a price where you're going to have to make decisions. So it just, I, in my opinion, kind of just depends on the roster construction. Um, in terms of the backcourt, it's been very hard to figure it out almost now with Derrick Rose here. If you look at Emmanuel quickly and Derrick Rose, like look at the game flow in their game last game against the Hawks. They shared the court for just about every minute they were on the court. It's brutal. Which... They're both. It's, it's not just Rose too. Like, high usage, I was gonna say, quickly is a really high usage, high usage player too. Shot first guards where they're just gonna siphon production from each other. It's not like, um, like you have like a Ricky Rubio esque point guard who, I mean, I'm not trying to like compliment Ricky Rubio, but everyone knows he's not a shoot first player. Like these guys are the complete opposite. Where Alfred Payton has basically played any minutes that those two aren't on the court. Um, so this is a backcourt right now that I fully intend to continue to avoid until there's clarity. Um, and I think it, it will be profitable to do so. All right, let's move forward. We have the Boston Celtics at home against the Atlanta Hawks. Boston played on Tuesday night against Denver, won by 13 points. Um, Daniel Tice did not play in this game. Um, Tristan Thompson got the start, played 28 minutes, went for nine points, 12 rebounds. And then um, Kemba's probably going to sit, right? Because he has not – I don't think he's played in a back-to-back yet this year. No, he has not. So that means Kemba's a very strong candidate to sit, which, mean, which means we sh- should get a very strong option at 4,200 in Peyton Pritchard, uh, especially in a great matchup against Atlanta. So Boston, definitely very interesting here. You obviously have the two studs, Tatum and Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown coming off a nice game, 27-5-5, five and five, and another game with 20 shots, and he's still sub-8K. Um, the seven turnovers – really hurt his ceiling for fantasy because he still finished with just under 40 fantasy points because of the seven turnovers. But this price, this matchup, I, I like Brown. I like Tatum. And I don't know how you don't like um, Peyton Pritchard, assuming that Kemba Walker's out because Marcus Smart's still out. Yeah. I mean, this uh, obviously Atlanta continues to be a team we attack and Boston, their, their team in general, in my opinion, like especially without, Kemba Walker, they're all priced really, really reasonably where you can fit them alongside someone else. Like Jason Tatum for 8700 is, is a phenomenal price. Jalen Brown, despite the floor games, I say floor games with like uh, quotations around it because he's still chucking 20 shots a game, but at 7-9, that's a great price. Um, Peyton Pritchard too, like 4200 is a price I'm willing to pay. Jeff Teague is, is virtually not a part of this rotation right now, and although Peyton Pritchard did burn people, uh, this was I think two slates ago the Celtics were on. When Kemba was out, um, I would be fine going right back to the well, and we could potentially get him at, at lower ownership. Um, if Daniel Tice is out, he obviously sat out on Tuesday. Robert Williams was the uh, more productive beneficiary in his uh, 20 minutes over Tristan Thompson, but both relative to their salaries were productive. Do you have a preference between the two? Would you target either of the two at their prices? You know, Tristan Thompson at four one, uh, Robert Williams still at thirty one hundred I mean, against this. Uh, yeah, I'd much, court. I'd much rather play Thompson. He's going to start and play closer to thirty minutes. But although Robert Williams had five steals, that's kind of fluky. 
he's also only 3,100. So, like, he could go for, like, 10 points and 7 or 8 rebounds in 20 minutes, kind of almost like he did tonight, even if he doesn't have the blocks, and at 3,100. Yeah. And if, I mean, Tristan Thompson had 5,000 tonight. If anything happens to him, then all of a sudden Robert Williams is getting all the run against, you know, an Atlanta team that plays fast, takes a lot of shots. So I think you can play both, obviously not in the same lineup. Uh, I yeah. just feel safer about Thompson if Tice is out. Um, he's used, his rebounding rate's around 30% with him off the floor this season. Um, somebody we haven't Who, talked about that's actually played pretty well lately is Semi Ojale. Oh, yeah. Of course, if I actually decide to finally play him, he's going to do absolutely nothing. But he's 3,400, and he's played 30 minutes in three of the last four games um, as he's really become part of the rotation. Uh, Grant Williams was a DNP tonight. Like their rotation was really short tonight, despite missing Daniel Tice. Like you said, Teague wasn't even didn't play. Grant Williams didn't play. Like they ran, I believe a a nine man rotation, um, despite missing some guys. So, and again, Kemba's most likely going to be out. So I don't think you can even like again. He's not a high player, but he he had a, he's had a couple productive games now. So semi Ojolai, there's plenty of value in Boston tonight for sure. Um. What about Atlanta? Trey Young, 9,600. After going for 50 fantasy points in like nine of his previous 10 games, he's now been under 40 in three of his last, or each of his last three games. Um, you know, some tough matchups in there. The Pacers, New York. Uh, weird game against the Pacers. Just didn't shoot a three, which is odd for him. Uh, 9,600, though, against Boston. They struggled to defend, you know, sh- sh- uh, shooters off handoffs this year. We could see Trey Young do that with John Collins. Um, what do you think of the Hawks here? No new injury news from them. Uh, you know, DeAndre Hunter, Bogdanovich still out. Anytime Trey Young is under 10K, I don't know how many times we will reiterate this on the podcast. Um, I'm, I do have interest. His his recent form isn't the greatest. Like he's over his last five games shot under 40% from the field. Um, I do think this is a fine spot. Whether I mean, obviously we're expecting Kemba to sit, but even if Kemba plays, I wrote about it in my five stats article on um, Tuesday, he is bottom four among 85, or 84, 85 qualified point cards in defensive real plus minus. Like he has been absolutely brutal on the defensive end. So regardless of whether he's in or out, this is going to be a favorable favorable matchup for Trey Young as long as Marcus Smart remains out. So I, I do like Trey Young, especially if you are getting two pieces of this of this Boston team, which I don't think is really that far fetched given their prices and value here. Um, outside of him, like. I, Adam, I'll continue to go back to the well of John Collins, and he's really cheap. Like $6,900 is a price I'm happy to pay on DraftKings. Um, he's $7,100 on FanDuel, another price I'm happy to pay. He's a virtual lock for 30 minutes. Um, you, the, the only kicker is if you don't get him on a good rebounding night, there is a, a significant chance he doesn't get you there. But this is a matchup where I have confidence he can get there, and I think he'll be low-owned in the tournament. So I'll take a dart with John Collins at this price as well. Yeah, this is a really intriguing price. Step. Like I think Collins and Capella are in play. Capella at 7,500. The minutes went back up in the last game. Um, Tom, Tristan Thompson is going to be around the paint at all times, so that should help Capella, who is already leading the NBA in rebounding opportunities per game, 23.1 per game. The price is down at 7,500. I like him quite a bit in this game. You know, Boston's interior defense is nothing to, to really fear. I think the, the three main options are all really viable plays at their price tags for sure. Um probably not going anywhere else. Kevin Herter is going to play huge minutes, but I'll find higher upside plays in better spots at around 6K, in my opinion, at that position. Anybody else? No, not really. 
Moving on to Houston at Philadelphia, and Ben Simmons with the game of his career with Embiid out last game against Utah. For whatever reason, Utah deployed uh, Rudy Gobert to guard Ben Simmons, and I know Ben Simmons isn't the most, you know, isn't a guy that you expect to just drop 40 on a given night, but Rudy Gobert, surprise, surprise, could not keep up with Ben Simmons, who did whatever he wanted to. 42 points, 12 assists, 9 rebounds. Really nice to see Ben Simmons get aggressive without Joel Embiid. Uh, Embiid with the back, it was weird. He was, he was expected to play, then was ruled out. He's probable for this game, though, so he will be back in the lineup for the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, for Houston, Victor Oladipo is doubtful with a foot injury. That'll make three straight games with him out of the lineup. Eric Gordon is doubtful with a groin injury, so he didn't play on Monday. He'll be out again. So John Wall is going to have plenty of usage here. He's coming off a great game against his former team. I know Ben Simmons is a tough matchup, but I still think 7,800 is too cheap for John Wall, who, with Old Depot off the floor over the last two weeks, has like a 35% usage rate. Yeah, I can't expect John Wall to come out of this out of the gates with the same vigor he did against uh, Washington in his first game there. I think he had like 18 of their first 25 points or something like that. Um, but it's, it's, it's hard to argue this price with so much vacated usage because obviously you still have Christian Wood out. Like you said, Oladipo and Gordon out who are – um, the two only other, I don't want to say competent offensive assets in the backcourt, but they're much bigger offensive threats than a Sterling Brown, a David Nwaba, uh, a Ben McLemore, a Mason Jones. So John Wall, by default, is going to shoulder the load here on the entire season without... Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Wood, Oladipo, and Gordon out. Um, John Wall's usage rate is at 38.5%. Like, that is pretty insane. And that's even... Um, I, that's in games that included James Harden early in the season as well. Um, so there is a lot of upside here, even in a obviously very unfavorable matchup outside of wall. That's, that's where I struggle with this team. You know, outside of wall, we saw this, the, the value chalk absolutely explode against Washington, but the matchup with Philadelphia is quite the opposite. I don't know if this is a spot where I get to the value. And I don't think this is a spot where I get to DeMarcus Cousins. Like, DeMarcus Cousins has let me down probably more than any player. I don't think anybody's going to play DeMarcus Cousins here. I don't. He's got to be and listed I don't want by to. just about the entire industry. Um, and obviously, um, Joel Embiid listed right now as probable. You know, we, we saw, like, Doc Rivers, prior to Philly's last game, Doc Rivers openly said, I did not know Joel Embiid was questionable. That is news to me. <laughs> and then he scratched and ruled out. Like, that was the most bullshit coach speak I've ever heard in my life. So it makes me take this probable designation with a bit more of a grain of salt. Because, like, what if he is leaning more towards doubtful and Doc Rivers, you, you, won't, you, you won't know. Um, so if, if he plays, 
totally off into Marcus Cousins. Even if he sits, it's going to be hard for me to roster Cousins given his recent form on a full slate. Like he's just not playing enough minutes right now uh, to justify his price. 20 minutes last game, around 24 the previous two games. And the value has been priced up. Like Jay Sean Tate, 5,500. Daniel House, 5K. Sterling Brown, who doesn't start, sitting at 44. David Nwaba is probably the one I would get away with at 43 because he does run some point when John Wall is not on the court and did see 40 minutes last game. So outside of David Nwaba, I don't know if I'll get there. Do you feel any differently about the the ancillary and value pieces for Houston? Not really, no. P.J. Tucker misses first game since 2017 the other night, uh, and Daniel House started at the four. So if like how if Tucker's back, it puts me off House at 5K, although I don't love the price tag for him anyway. Not playing Cousins. like He's started six straight games, and he's played 30 minutes in one of them. Um, it really is just John Wall for me. I hope Houston can keep it close because it's a really interesting spot for the Sixers. Um, ben Simmons scares me at this price tag, obviously, because with Embiid back, he could go back to taking eight, nine shots. But it's a great matchup for him and Tobias Harris. I mean, Houston, such a bad transition defense. 23 points per game in transition allowed. Third most in the NBA. A 53% field goal percentage allowed in transition. And then, obviously, Ben Simmons, he, he's at his best in transition, right? 5.1 points mm-hmm. per game off the play type is top 10 in the league. But Tobias Harris is quietly scoring a lot in transition, too. Five and a half points per game in transition. Uh, it's the sixth most in basketball. Both players with uh, solid frequency rates. Tobias is at 21%. Simmons is at 30%. I like Tobias at 7,600. He's coming off a huge game, but his price didn't really go up too much. Obviously, Ben Simmons um, did. I might sprinkle him in some, into some tournament lineups uh, just in case we – we kind of see him after this game realize, hey, I can I can kind of get my own bucket from in close whenever I want. Let's let's see if I can if if, if this is maybe like a start of something. Um, but the Sixers are pretty much at full strength outside of Shake Milton. Um, so like, are any of these guys must for me? And that 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 includes Joel Embiid. Probably not, especially when Embiid's priced where he should be ten eight. He's going to be good. He'll get you fifty. Um, but I actually think I like Tobias Harris the most out of this out of these options, which is as much as I love Tobias as a player. If in fantasy, I I don't rarely like him as much as the other guys. It's funny because I was uh, I was a little nervous to say that because I actually feel the same. Um, obviously, I'm not going to have any qualms playing Joel Embiid at ten eight if he's active, but for thirty two hundred dollars less, I, I'm I'm happy to take the savings with Tobias Harris if I want. Philly exposure, which I don't think is a necessity on this slate. You know, he's averaging close to 1.1 fantasy points per minute on the season with a fully healthy rotation. Obviously, that will only go up if Embiid in the off chance sits. I also don't expect Ben Simmons to carry such a massive usage rate. Even if Embiid sits, I don't expect a repeat performance. And and maybe that's ignorant because I've been shitting on him and he's probably heard us dubbing a triple-double, the Ben Simmons triple-double, and he kind of dispelled that. Ben Simmons... Ben Simmons. No, he's, been, is, he's an incredible player. I love Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons think, is probably, if the season ended today, probably the defensive player of the year. I mean, Gobert was, it's it's him and Gobert. But I mean, Simmons yeah. just kind of dropped 40 points on the guy. So, like, obviously, it's not the same as if he was facing Kawhi Leonard or somebody, a perimeter defender. Like, Rudy Gobert is not keeping up with Ben Simmons. But, no, no Ben I Simmons is great. Ben Simmons is, is very good. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think he is one of the most hated on NBA players uh, from a, a very irrational standpoint. Um, Did you know he can't shoot? Did you know that? 
news to me. I heard. Uh, I heard it. I heard the same thing about Giannis, but that's also news to me. Well, yeah, he um, actually isn't good though. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I just at the end of the day, you know, I'm I'm pretty high on Tobias Harris at this price. But outside of the the key cogs on this Philly team, I just don't feel this team is a necessity on this slate unless Embiid sits, and that's obviously a very off chance. Um, so obviously, if he sits, you know, it, really odd last game when he sat, especially against a, a bigger Utah team, they started Mike Scott at the five, um, Dwight Howard serving as the immediate backup. Obviously, at the this the blunt of the center minutes, which was expected. But I, I would argue, I would say Dwight Howard would be viable if, uh, in the off chance, Embiid sits. Uh, but outside of them, I really don't see a need. All right, moving on to the Pacers and Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, second end of back-to-back for Minnesota. D'Angelo Russell is going to be out for quite some time, which isn't too surprising. But he's officially been shut down for four to six weeks. Um, other than that, no real injury news here, I believe. Um, Sabonis had a little rough patch where his price came down, but now he's playing well again, back up to 9,700 on DraftKings. I like Sabonis. I think he'll be fine in this game. I don't know where he ranks among the players at that price tag. You have Randall. You have Towns on the other side of this game. You have, obviously, we talked about Embiid and Vucevic. You have Jokic in the next game. Not the same price, but around there. Um, Brogdon, he's also coming off. A really good game, 23, 15, and 5. 7,700 seems like the more tackable price tag for between the two. Matchup's good for both of them. Do you like them? And then do we like anybody else from this team? I mean, TJ McConnell's quietly become a thing over the last couple games. He is playing a ton of minutes right now. Um, and with McDermott out, McConnell's been starting. McDermott's questionable right now. So if he's out... McConnell could be interesting, but the problem is he's priced up to 5,600 where his assists have been great and he's been actually relatively high usage player, but it's a pretty scary price tag. It is. Um, he's $6,200 on FanDuel, which is even more scary. You know, if, if you talk to Stefano tomorrow, he is probably going to be all over YMCA TJ if uh, Doug McDermott is out. And I, I mean, his stock upside is through the roof. Like you look at the last two games, he has 11 total blocks and steals, um, and that's a that's a point guard who has four blocks in his last two games. Um, minutes through the roof. Obviously, I'd feel better about him with McDermott out. With McDermott in, I think I can safely write him off at 5-7. Um, the rest of this team is interesting. This is obviously a phenomenal spot. So, like, you look at DeMontis Sabonis for 9-7. I think I would prefer him to a Julius Randle at 9-5. Um, and this is one of the players that I would probably throw into the conversation of, whether or not you would prefer, prefer him or Nikola Vucevic at 10-1, um, especially given the individual matchups e- each of them has. If there's any player on this team that I'm interested in, though, it's Malcolm Brogdon. He's still too cheap, has not been playing well lately. He's been like backdoor covering to get people there, um, and, but he hasn't smashed value at all probably over the last three, four weeks. 7-7 Seven, is a very appealing price in this matchup, so as long as his game stays relatively close for three and a half quarters, I think he's a phenomenal play. Other side of this game, you have Towns at 9,300 and, and Anthony Edwards at 6K. So they're they're the two main guys we were on um, on the Wednesday or the Tuesday slate, and they played the Lakers tonight. They lost Towns, not a great game, 15 and 6. Anthony Edwards, though, 28 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists. He's putting it together here. He played 34 minutes. He continues to play a lot of four at times. 
which helps the rebounds. I think this is a misprice on Anthony Edwards, even before this huge game. 6K for him. The usage rate's up there with Russell obviously out. He's, he took 20 shots in this game. That was the most in the team. Um, I definitely like Anthony Edwards here. Yeah, it's hard not to. Um, I, I think he's still a rather one-dimensional player, but he's scoring so well and taking so many shots that it really doesn't matter at his price tag. Um, and like you said, as long as D'Angelo Russell remains out, he's proven that he can work alongside Carl Anthony Towns. His minutes right now are super, super secure, um, and I, I don't really expect that to change. The price on Carl Anthony Towns is very, very appealing. The only thing that I – I don't want to say I'm weary of because his minutes would indicate that they aren't really worried about his his conditioning return returning from COVID, but being the second half of a back-to-back, do you see any potential for um, a loose minutes limit? It's possible. And we saw Tatum came out, I think it was today or yesterday, and said like he's still not like yeah, he's still a little winded from the COVID and, and Towns. Stuff. I mean, I guess Towns was a little different, but when I think one of his second game back when they played Charlotte, remember um, who was it on Charlotte that had like a positive t- or a false positive or something missed the game? Carl Anthony Towns came out and kind of talked about how spooked he was mentally. He's not like over because he actually had COVID, right? And he obviously had what like six, seven family members pass away tragically from the virus. So like. If there's a player to be a little more worried about it with, it's probably Carl Anthony Towns. So I, I can see Minnesota taking it a little easy on him. But nonetheless, like $9,300 is a phenomenal price. I think I'd rather play Sabonis for $400 more, but I wouldn't argue with either. Anybody else on this team outside of Edwards and Cat? I mean, Rubio's at 6-1. He should play 28 to 30 minutes. I just don't see a huge ceiling. Um, Vanderbilt. Like, nobody else really excites me. No. Um, not... Not really anyone else. I mean, Malik Beasley's fine for 7-1, but there's so many other plays in that range that I prefer. All right, moving right along to the Denver-Washington game. This game is in Washington, um, back-to-back for Denver, and they were obviously missing some guys tonight. Millsap was out. Um, still, Michael uh, Monty Morris was out with the shoulder. Gary Harris is out. And then Will Barton's been out for personal reasons. So they started um, Jamal Murray. Compazzo, Michael Porter Jr., Jermichael Green, and Jokic. Three of those players were good. Two of them were absolutely (laughs) – Michael Porter Jr. and Jermichael Green combined to shoot one for 15 from the field. Michael Porter Jr. did not make a field goal. He scored zero points. Jermichael Green scored two points. Yeah, they were awful. Um, If you would have given me a betting line for Michael Porter Jr., who is typically one of the most trigger-happy players in the NBA to score zero points in a game that he started – that those odds, I would have bet the house on the fact that he would score at least one field goal. I, I would have lost all my money. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see what's what's the injury report is for Denver. But if the same guys are out, I legitimately think you can play any of these five in this spot. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not expecting Green and Porter Jr. to shoot terribly from the field like they did again. It's a better matchup against Washington. Um I, I think they are both not as not like people are going to have that bad taste in their mouth still, but I think they're still sealing there. But for me, like Michael Porter Jr. at six two, or just play Jamal Murray at seven one, which I think is a misprice for Murray in this. Yeah, spot, I'm going straight to given, Murray in that spot. given the uptick in in uh, production and minutes and, yep. and usage with Monty Morris out. I'm playing Murray no matter what in this spot, but and but if Monty Morris is out again, 
on top of Gary Barton. It's just he becomes a, like a core play for me. Went for 25, 6, and 6 tonight. I mentioned in my article how Boston dead last against uh, shooters off handoffs in terms of points per possession and field goal percentage. That's what this Denver offense is predicated off. And you look at Washington, they actually give up the most points per game off handoffs. And Jamal Murray's averaging well over three points per game off handoffs, top three in the league. That correlates with Jokic, who is ridiculous. He had 43, 6, and 5. He's playing at a ridiculous level. Play those two. Love them both. Then you can sprinkle in these. Like, Composo at 3,500, if Morris is out, is going to be chalk again, I would imagine. Just, he played 40 minutes tonight. Yeah, he, um, if, if Monty Morris is out, Composo might be one of the most popular plays in the entire slate and like I, I get it but there would be a point where I would want to probably fade like if, if I see him approaching like 60 70 percent I'd probably want to be a bit underweight um, because I mean regardless of the fact that he played 40 minutes had a good game um, and the matchup is phenomenal that he is still a volatile value play um, they could very well go to RJ Hampton or someone else in that situation so there is a little bit of risk that I think people will overlook but if you're playing cash games, if you're a single entry player and you do want to kind of levy your lineup with some of those uh, chalkier plays, Composo is probably one you want to do it with if Monty Morris is out. Um, I think even with Monty Morris, Jamal Murray is a misprice, like you said, and yeah. I I'd probably want a piece of him regardless. It's going to be very hard for me. Not and when Jamal to Murray starting a role, he's somebody you want to play. That's when you want to, Yeah. Look, I mean, look at the bubble. It's a perfect example. Um, it's going to be hard for me to not play Nikola Jokic on, on Wednesday. Like, on any day. On any day, really. But, like, his ownership still isn't there. Like, it Let was me, a let me month, ask uh, you this, because I ask, I have I live in the PA area, so everybody's obviously and pro Embiid, which you should be because Embiid's awesome. It seems like every night one of these guys goes off, and then we we, we ask, who would you rather have? And it's, it's so weird because... Embiid is better than Jokic by a lot in one category, and and Jokic is better than Embiid by a lot in one care, and category. Jokic is obviously way better facilitator, way better passer. Embiid's a way better defender. I feel like I would rather have the guy that's way better at defending, but at the same time, they're both two of the best post players in the league. They're both very, very skilled offensively. Who would you rather have? <laughs> it's, it's so tough. Dep- I think it depends on the build of your team, right? Like if you have I think it depends on the build of your around team. You, if in a vacuum we're eliminating Embiid's injury history, yeah, that too, I guess. Uh, I, it's hard because I, I can't. I don't know if I can sit here and say we've never seen Nikola Jokic take over a game, but I, I think Adam, you'll understand when I say like, yeah, like when Embiid, Embiid is posting up and it's either like scoring. Yeah, he's either scoring or getting the line every time he gets the ball. Every the possession, and then, and then I, I the told my side, friends, I do every shot. Yeah, I do as much as I love Jokic. I slightly lean Joel Embiid. I do too. They I think are both I, I, I unreal. Um, I also think I can't even say I think Embiid has a higher trajectory long term, just because like we've seen issues with Jokic's conditioning, but he's looked so good this year. Yeah, there's year. been issues with both players' conditioning. I like, know. I don't... If, if Jokic... He, it's tough because he's so far off Embiid as a defender. And, like, yeah, Jokic is. is a way better passer than Embiid, but, like, it's fine. I, like, not every I think team, rather, like, not every team in the NBA is asking their center to do what Nikola Jokic does Correct. in that offense, like, that's which the is thing. why not he's so unique. The NBA's point guard is, like, an elite scorer like Jamal Murray, who's not the facilitator like mm-hmm. Jokic is. Uh, you have a team like the Sixers who 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think we can all agree, though, that it's Embiid, Jokic, and then Bam. Yes. At yep. center. Nope. Yep. I Again, Anthony Davis is a power forward. Everybody that wants to get my mentions, Anthony Davis is a power forward. So... All right, uh, tangent aside, Washington. <laughs> Westbrook, 10K now. First time he's been priced over Bradley Beal in a long time. He went crazy against Houston the other night, 16, 15, and 13. Um, who do you prefer here? I mean... I probably lean Beal. Um, Beal's so good. He's so good. And, like, he doesn't obviously have the peripheral upside that Westbrook does. But if, if they're this close in salary, regardless of the fact that Westbrook has a peripheral upside, Beal has demonstrated a ceiling that Westbrook has not this season. He's done it mostly on raw points. So I am personally just more confident in Bradley Beal, um, and there isn't any risk. Like I'm not saying – let me double check. Is this the front end of a back-to-back for the Wizards or no? I don't know, but I don't think it matters because Westbrook usually plays the front end. He usually plays the front end, but he also played the back end of the last one, so I don't right. know if they're going to start switching things up. Yeah, it's a good um, point. But I, I just I have more confidence in Bradley Beal this season. I'm also just a much bigger Bradley Beal fan than I am Russell Westbrook fan. That's a whole other tangent that I can have a whole podcast on. That's I need to go on the Bringing the Smoke podcast and just rant about Russell Westbrook for an hour. I'm going to text Stefano and Kalachi right now. And let yeah, we, we both need to get on that because I want to rant about really, – I'm not really mad about anything – I just want to gush over certain players, I guess, is the better way to put it. Um, I, I'm not really on anybody else from Washington, though, are you? Yeah, uh, not really. All right, moving on to Detroit and the Chicago Bulls. Um, Otto Porter Jr. is still out for Chicago, but this team did get Wendell uh, Carter Jr. back as of late. He played uh, against the Pacers the other night, his first game back yeah. in around a month. Played 21 minutes, had 11-9. and nine. Somebody to be kind of interesting if we get word that he might see an uptick in minutes at twenty at fifty five hundred because we know Laurie Markinen's out and they haven't wanted to play Daniel Gafford or Cornette or any of these guys significant minutes. Um, and then for Detroit, we know Blake Griffin's not going to play as they attempt to trade him. Um, let's start with the the Bulls here. Okay. Any interest in Wendell Carter Jr. and how much do you like Zach Levine if at all at ninety four hundred because. I don't think there's a slight where either of us say, okay, Zach Levine's a bad play. It's just always where he's always priced towards like, okay, you got to choose between some of these guys. Um, this is a fine matchup. Um, and I will say on the other side of this, or for the other plays from this game, I know he's been better lately, but I would just much rather play DeLon Wright than Kobe White at $300 cheaper. So that's why I'm not really on Kobe White. Yeah. I, uh, again, Zach Levine, not a bad play, but it's harder for me to stomach when he's, you know, $200 less than someone like Trey Young. Um, $400 less than Bradley Beal. I understand Detroit is a very favorable matchup, but it's also not like a massive pace-up spot. I would argue Washington and Denver um, is a better game environment for someone like Bradley Beal, even with the law potential, than Detroit and Chicago is for Zach Levine. So I like Levine in a vacuum, but when you 
compare him to players around his price, he he starts to fall down my pecking order a bit. If there are people on Chicago that I am interested in, I think you hit the nail on the head. Wendell Carter Jr. is very, very cheap. Very, very exploitable front court in Detroit. Uh, my only concern with Carter Jr. is the workload and conditioning. You know, it, it came out after the game that he obviously very happy to play, but he said like he was winded, like he had trouble catching up, um, which makes me think that he probably like he played about 21 minutes last game. I can't see him going more than 24, 25 at five, five with his upside without marketing. You don't necessarily need more, but it still bakes in some risk that other players around that price range won't necessarily carry. Right. Um, he does have solid um, advanced numbers with Otto Porter Jr. and marketing off the floor this year. 23.5% usage, 32% rebounding rate, 1.1 fantasy points per minute. So he's definitely going to be somebody I'm keeping an eye on, uh, keeping an eye on in terms of news throughout the day. Um, Thaddeus Young at 6,100. I, I like Thaddeus Young. We've talked about this. I just yep. I never play him at that price because I just I don't think I'm getting 40 points. Um He's been solid, very solid. Just there's there's better plays in my opinion. Um, Detroit, Jeremy Grant definitely been underwhelming as of late. He's been under thirty fantasy points in three straight games now. But pace up spot against the Bulls, who play at one of the fastest paces in basketball. That bodes well for a guy like Jeremy Grant. Um, the Bulls are also 29th against scorers and 28th against crafty finishers this season. So I have some interest in Jeremy Grant at seventy six hundred. And I still think DeLon Wright's a little bit too cheap at 6K. Um, you know, obviously, Derek Rose got traded. They don't have anybody else to handle the ball. He is just running the show right now. His floor is really high. I think he should be definitely more expensive than Kobe White in those his game. But, like, he's 6K on DraftKings. I think he should be closer to, like, that Lonzo Ball-type price yep. range, Kemba Walker price range. And, he, and he's not. And this is obviously a great matchup because the Chicago Bulls are one of the worst teams in all basketball against opposing point guards and, and – you know, ball handlers, they're 29th against dimers. So I like DeLon Wright here. I absolutely love DeLon Wright, and I'm I'm glad you brought him up. He is 7K on FanDuel, which that is the price on FanDuel that I would be worth paying for DeLon Wright in this matchup, let alone 6K on, on DraftKings. And he is perpetually under-owned this season. Like I, uh, the slate against the, I believe it was the Nets game uh, back last week, I got him at under 2% ownership. It was actually under 1% ownership in one of my single-entry tournaments. It was like 0.95%. He has like which, probably some of the sneakiest triple-double upside on the slate. Yeah, 100%. And like he is a point guard that the minutes are going to be rock solid, and you don't need him to score 25, 30 points to get you there at his price. Like He will rack up peripherals left and right. Um, he's had at least six assists or rebounds in two straight games. You look at his last five games, 10 assists, 9 assists. There was a, a four game with three, then seven, then six. Um, and obviously, no Derrick Rose, no Killian Hayes. He is the point guard right now, and more usage just opened up with Blake Griffin's uh, mm-hmm. prolonged absence. Now, obviously, Blake Griffin, we've talked about him uh, probably too much on the podcast, but he just hasn't been as aggressive this season, but he still had one of the highest usage rates on the team, and that's now vacated. So that, that does fall under the hands of DeLon Wright, and I think he's way too cheap, and he's going to be way too underowned. I gotta ask, because the matchup's good. Are we paying seventy two hundred for Mason Plumley? I mean, he just triple doubled, which he almost did at the game before. He had he was three assists shy. He had five stocks. Like I think you certainly can, and I don't think anyone else will. That's so I scary. Just, 
It is. It's terrifying because I don't think you and I, if if on one of our preseason podcasts, if if I would have said Adam, do you think Mason Plumley will be in play at over seven k this season? You would have laughed in my face. Yeah, but here we are. I have, they, I mean, I have him a, twenty million the, a year. The problem I have with him, there are a lot of good centers around him. There's Rudy Gobert. There's Capella. There's Joe Val. There's Cantor. There's Horford. There's John Collins. There's a lot. There's a lot yeah. of centers. So I get it, though. If you're stacking this game up, like Plumley dating back to his time at Denver was always, nobody talked about it because he played alongside Jokic for a little bit at that time. But he was he's always been a very, very skilled passer. So he has that in his arsenal, especially if he's getting more usage, you know, with Blake Griffin out. Yeah. Um uh, it's it's hard. Like these guys are all priced up now. Besides Delon Wright, where I think you, I think you can play play him in this matchup. I just don't know if I'll get there. Like I don't know how comfortable I am with with. I'll go on a list here. Like Mason Plumlee at seven two makes sense. Just don't know how comfortable I am with it. Josh Jackson six three. Like it makes sense given his up up ticking usage without Blake Griffin. Uh, don't know if I'll get there. Sadiq Pay even at like five five. The thing is, Sadiq Pay has had two what ceiling games in a row, but he's still a player where if his shot isn't falling, his three point shot is not falling, he's not going to get you there. Yeah, I'm good the on, issue I'm good is, on Sadiq Pay. The issue is he's 17 of 26 from three over his last five games. That is ridiculously unsustainable. Yeah, I'm I'm good on that. So so 5500 seems like an okay price to kind of jump ship. So looking at this team, I'm probably just Delon Wright or Bust in my main lineup. Outside of him, I, I would probably then prioritize Mason Plumley over Josh Jackson, but I would probably have a little bit of Josh Jackson as well. I just wish his minutes were a bit more secure. All right, four games left. Portland at the New Orleans Pelicans up next. Um, Portland playing right now, I believe, or they played tonight. Um, they played Jordan tonight. Parker. They won. They beat Oklahoma City. Uh, so this is the second end of back-to-back for Portland. Dame, 31-7-10. Yeah, and Memphis, good call. Um or no on New Orleans you mean? Wait yeah oh, New yeah Orleans. excuse me sorry yeah New Orleans they played Memphis Conf- you confused me. Um Dame <laughs> another awesome game thirty one seven and ten Ennis Cantor had eight points but he added twenty one rebounds and then nobody else was really great Gary Trent though I mean I talked about it going into this game fifty he, I think it was fifty seven hundred was too cheap yep. he yep. is averaging so prior to tonight's game and has eleven starts eleven straight starts since McCollum has been out he's averaging. Just under 20 real points, and now he's averaging like 37 minutes per game. He scored 15, like 15 or more points in like every game since McCollum's been out. He's been so good for them quietly. I think he's too cheap here. I don't mind him. Damian Lord's finally priced back up over 10K. I mean, I don't have to talk about the usage or the volume he's been getting. Perfectly fine with him. Does anybody else stand out? Like, Canner, I don't hate, but I also don't love. His minutes just. They were up last game because he actually closed, but he shot 2 of 10 from the field. I, I, 7K is pr- like right around where he should be. Not my favorite play in this slate, but I, I get it. I um I like Cantor a lot, and it's my, my interest from him stems more on Fandle where he's 6'6". Six, six. Um, he had 15 rebounds in his first 20 minutes against the Thunder, like pacing extremely well. Obviously, 21 rebounds, still a phenomenal, phenomenal game in 31 minutes, or 32 minutes, excuse me. Um. So the, the double double upside is is through the roof here, and against the Pelicans, like he is a player similar to Jonas Valanciunas in the regard that I I try and target him more against teams with a more traditional center, um, Stephen Adams obviously being one because they don't need 
um, to to risk Enos Cantor being pulled out to the perimeter uh, with a more versatile five. He can kind of just bruise down low and crash the glass, and that's a matchup that I want to target him in. So I could see, much like he had 32 minutes against Al Horford, which is a less traditional center than Steven Adams, I can probably safely project him for 30-plus minutes in this game. So I do like him and his rebound and double-double upside um, against the Pelicans. I also really like Damian Lillard. Like, you won't ever have to talk me off of him two straight games, 50-plus FanDuel points, 30-plus raw points, and that's now four games in his last five that he's had 30 or more real uh, raw points. So I think he is, I don't want to say rounding into form because his form has been incredible all season, but really he's starting to string together some ceiling performances. Um, and this is an exploitable matchup. The Pelicans defense has, you know, they came out of the, out of the gate this season, top third of the league in defensive efficiency. They've now fallen into the bottom third. So they have started to regress to the mean a little bit. And this is a spot where I want to target Damian Lillard. I also don't mind a Gary Trent call. I just don't know if I'll get there. For New Orleans, they dropped 144 points tonight against Memphis. Um, Zion is just awesome lately. He's, 30, he's looking, yeah. Dude, you can't, like, he's shooting, his true shooting percentage is stupid. Like, he is just, he, sh- he shot 50% from the field or better in, like, 12 of his last 13 games. The, th- the thing is, you look at that and you're like, this is unsustainable. But, like, the way he's playing, it's right. really it's, not. It's, like, it's, if it, he continues to get to the real yeah, like this, it is 100%. He's not going to shoot 13 of 16 every game, but he's he has a great chance of shooting, you know, eight for 16 at worst, like every game, because everything comes off cuts and putbacks and stuff. But like you saw the six assists and seven rebounds, like they're giving, he even shot a three tonight. Like they're, I talked about it. They're not using him in the pick and roll as a role man as much as we want, but they're actually using him as a ball handler more, which is interesting, but it's great for him for a guy that we were complaining about his peripherals for a lot of the year. I think he's too cheap at 8,200. I like him against a bad Portland defense. Um, Until his price goes up, I kind of like him. He's he's matchup proof. He really is. And we don't worry about Portland's interior defense all that much. Again, we talked about it the other night. I prefer him over Brandon Ingram. Um, the rest of his team, again, like good matchup for Lonzo. I'd be, I'd be more inclined to play him. He has a decent floor over Eric Bledsoe. Josh Hart went crazy off the bench, twenty-seven and nine. Like he, he's so good in fantasy because of the rebounds. But it, are you going to feel great playing him? Like. I don't know. It's it's once again Zion for me. I don't mind Brandon Ingram, especially if you want to stack this game up. Um, but I do think Zion is still a couple hundred dollars too cheap. Yeah, I agree. And I get again, this is now the second slate in a row where I actually prefer Zion to Brandon Ingram, which is the opposite of what I what I had preferred for most of the season. Zion is so um, good. Like he's, he's re- like he's going to be still so he, good. He already he is, is but like yeah, that's the thing. He he already is, and his standards were set so high. And there, I mean, I think we can both agree that no player had this much hype coming into the league outside of him, like more than him, other than LeBron. And so the social media age obviously fueling this fire, but that's also I think led to players or dude players, Zion was people. getting pub just random randomly dunking the ball in high school, not even at games. Then obviously like when he dunked at games, in high school, yeah, too. yeah, like he um. I think it's kind of conditioned people to be a little more critical on him than and, and a little more nitpicky. I don't want to say we're being nitpicky, but like I don't want to undersell how good he is. Like he is a he's a second year player, missed the vast majority of his rookie year, and he's already one of the like best score at will players in the NBA. Like he is getting whatever bucket he wants and doing it efficiently. He just obviously doesn't have to go out and get ten boards. Yes. Wait till he starts. Wait till he starts compiling the 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 defensive stats he had at Duke. 
You know, like wait till he yeah, starts getting like, a bunch of blocks like, and steals in games too. He legit has like thirty and fifteen upside on a, on a night. Zion is going to have a game in his NBA career very soon where he has thirty points, fifteen rebounds, five assists, five steals, and five. Like I think he could have that game at, at, at some point, like a five by five game with a lot of scoring. Like he's that good. He's awesome. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, uh, I somehow, you know, I started. I had a sidebar here. I started a dynasty NBA startup this season. Mm-hmm. Um, I snagged Zion in the second round, Luca in the first round. All right, so you're good so for the that's next the, 10, 15 that, years. Have my, yes, my, and then DeAndre in the third round, I'm good for the next 10 years. Yeah, you're um, set. Yeah. So I absolutely love Zion in this game. Like Portland, like obviously when you're looking at power forwards against Portland, the, the first thought is Robert Covington, but this is Zion Williamson. Like you don't have to worry about any fucking Robert Covington, excuse my language, but like you just don't. <laughs> um, Lonzo Ball, I'm curious your thoughts on Lonzo. Price went down. Two hundred. I just like. I feel safe with Lonzo Ball in this price. Would you rather play Lonzo or Delon Wright? Delon Wright, same. And I I wouldn't even hesitate about that. You didn't hesitate about that. (laughs) Correct. I I also think Lonzo's ownership. I don't think it'll be high, but it could be double what Delon Wright's is. If that's the case, then I just yeah. I I don't know if it'll be that high, but yeah, I, I think more people will flock to the Pelicans in general than Detroit. Um. It's really just those three for me. I'm I'm not on Bledsoe. I'm not on Steven Adams. Yeah, I'm not really either. All right, Oklahoma City at Memphis. Memphis, the team that just gave up 144 points to the Pelicans. Uh, John Morant was really good. Uh, 28-7 and, and, or 28-7 and 8, I think he had. Um, yeah, 46 fantasy points. Price. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Went down. 7,400. Um, okay matchup. I, I'm fine with him. And as long as he plays, I, I'm going back to Joe Val here. I've been targeting post-up, pick-and-roll centers against the Thunder all year. And again, like I mentioned, with the injuries of the Thunder, they're they're all guard and wing related. The centers and power forwards are all still healthy. Um so I, I really like Jove out seventy three hundred. The Thunder are currently allowing the fourth most post up points per game at six point seven, the most points per possession to the post, and the highest field goal percentage at fifty eight percent. So um maybe that hurts him if Al Horford sits here. This is a, this is a second out of back to back for the Thunder too. Um, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it is. Yep. That could hurt Joe Val's minutes, but it all it could also just impact his efficiency on, when he's on the floor because Isaiah Roby would get more minutes, and Isaiah Roby cannot defend anybody, let alone Joe Val. So I love Joe Val. I'm okay with John Morant. Um, the rest of this team, like we've talked about some Grayson Allen with their injuries right now. Um, he played – he's been playing 30 minutes – low 30s pretty consistently as of late on Tuesday night 26 minutes that game was a blowout though so maybe that's why 5k for him I'd rather find other options anybody else in Memphis I haven't talked about Brandon Clark's I keep forgetting he's back but his minutes aren't where we want him to be just yet I um I don't I don't think I get to Brandon Clark for that very reason I do like Joe Val at, at 7-3 if Horford plays I like him even more um, just because again I mentioned it when we talked about the 
uh, Portland New Orleans game, like I, I like to target Joe Bell against more traditional centers. And while Al Horford does have the ability to pull a defender out to the perimeter, he does profile as more of a traditional center than um, than many of the the centers in the NBA right now. So I do like him at seven three. Um, I think he will continue to rack up stats in an efficient manner. And you know, second end of a back to back, if he gets twenty seven or more minutes at this price, I'm comfortable with it given his recent form. I do like John Morant uh, once again. I, I still feel like he is a touch cheap. I just don't know if on this slate you'll really need to get here. Yeah. Um, 30 minutes last night, I would expect it again if this game stays close. But again, like dollar for dollar, given production, I would. this is going to be a hot take. I'd probably rather play DeLon right at 6K than John Morant at 7'4". Um, I'd rather I play Jamal I mean, Murray. Chicago's I'd that bad. Hundred percent rather play Jamal Murray at seven one. I agree against Washington than John Moran at seven four. But that doesn't mean there's not any merit to playing John Moran outside of those two. Though I don't really. Dylan Brooks is fine, but he's just such a one dimensional player where there is a massively low floor there. Especially because he's playing thirty one minutes tops, if that. There's been a lot of games where he hasn't even reached thirty minutes. Especially with Grayson Allen now playing well and. And yeah. starting, he's he's taking some minutes. From we Dylan talked Brooks about it yesterday. Their, their rotation is actually pretty deep, despite missing some players. Um, for the Thunder, their rotation, not so much uh, because they're missing so many guys. Hamadou Diallo like, came off the bench tonight, but still played 31 minutes, went for 17-4. and four. Um, We'll see if Horford plays. Lou Dort, 37 minutes. He's been way more involved offensively. Obviously been an elite defender the past couple of years, but um, I don't know. Like, if Horford's out... You could go to Isaiah Roby at 4K. He'd be fine. He actually double-doubled off the bench in 24 minutes, 11 and 10. Diallo is 6,600. He's been a, around a 25% usage player over the last two weeks. Who do you like from the Thunder? Oh, Maladon's um, back, too. Yeah, Maladon came back, played 28 minutes, didn't have the best game. 2-7 uh, from the field, 7 points. Um, Shea Gilgis-Alexander has not been ruled out um, of this game yet, so he does have... The potential to play. By the way, and, SGA is um is good enough to play. This is a, a this is a tank job by the Thunder. He 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 could play right. Hundred hundred percent. Like they they literally like they, for like three games because the row, Thunder's their record's not as bad as we thought it was. Like they're eleven and sixteen after tonight. No, like, but they have so many damn picks stockpiled. They right. want obviously the most out of it. Um, if he plays, I do like him for eighty five hundred. Again, though, I'd probably prioritize Jamal Murray for fourteen hundred dollars cheaper. I don't think I'd get to Theo Maladon at or Maladon, excuse me, um, four or five k. I'd probably, you know, I'd have some interest in Darius Baisley and Isaiah Roby if Al Horford ends up sitting. If he plays, I have interest in Al Horford at seven k. Um, outside of them, I don't mind Hamido Diallo, but with Ma- Maladon back, he again shifted to the bench. Still saw 31 minutes, but that will affect his production. So I don't know if I can stomach $6,600 for him if he's coming off the bench. Fair enough. Let's go to these last two games. Miami at the Golden State Warriors. Um, Goran Dragic still out for the Heat. James Wiseman, Kevon Looney still out for Golden State. Other than that, pretty simple. Um, Steph Curry, is it the greatest matchup in the world? No, but he's playing like an MVP right now. Yeah. Now over 30 points per game on the season. He's awesome. I really don't have anything else to say. Play him if you want to. He's really good. 
Um, Draymond, obviously, just playing more minutes at center. His re- his assists have been stupid. His assists have been insane. I, I wrote, I don't know, it was a couple articles ago. He's like top five or top seven in the league in, in assist rate over the last two weeks. Like ever since, ever since you moved Draymond Green to the center, that's when he thrives as a facilitator um, because he can exploit these. I mean, he's what six six. Like think about what he can do with like. I, w- I would know, say against, more like six eight, six nine. But yeah. yeah. Um, he can he can draw these players out to the perimeter, just run them around the court. Because he, I mean, he's not going to shoot much from the perimeter. Um, Draymond Green but, is awesome. By the way, I don't know if you saw his his press conference. Oh, his interview yeah, I, about like Drummond. Yeah, I absolutely love it. Secondly, his- Draymond Green kind of reminds me of not in terms of like how long they've played or anything, but Frank Gore. People scoff at the idea of Frank Gore being a Hall of Famer. I think people will scoff at the idea of Draymond. I think Draymond's going to be a Hall of Famer by the time he's done pretty easily. I think he'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't like, I, I genuinely like, I don't understand the scoffing at Draymond Green being a Hall of Famer. I think that um, Warriors championship team has three guaranteed Hall of, or four, if you count the Durant year, four guaranteed Hall of Famers and Steph, Clay, Durant, Draymond. And then they'll, have, they'll have one argue- player who's like, if he had more of a role later in on his career would have been maybe close in, in, um, in Iguodala. I, I was going to say Iguodala may be close because he, he was very, very good when he was on Philly. Mm-hmm. Like and he Denver. was uh, one of the best and Denver, one of the best defensive players in, in the NBA um, has a finals MVP to his name. Like he has an outside shot to be a hall of famer, but I, I've always thought of Draymond Green as a, as a surefire bet to be a Hall of Famer. And he, as high as I am on Steph Curry, slate in and slate out, I am much higher on Draymond Green when you bake in price and just the ownership we've seen on him over the past handful of slates. Um, similar to DeLon Wright, like uh, the slate on Wednesday, I played him in, in the 25 and $50 double ups on DraftKings. Obviously, everyone flocked to the Houston value. I had Draymond Green at 2% in cash games. Um, if if that continues, like sixty eight hundred dollars, he is a phenomenal phenomenal play in, a, in what should be a close matchup. Like he is going to be uber safe with a massive massive ceiling. So we're still waiting on that triple double. Um, your your prediction <laughs> is looking a little bleak, <laughs> but he is getting closer. I think he's a phenomenal play. Five and a, five point two points, five point six rebounds, eight point three assists. We need a. Uh... We need Oubre and, and Wiggins to like miss a week or something, so Draymond shoots the ball more. But I, I still yeah. even then, I, I mean, don't think spe- it's gonna happen. Speaking of those two, do you have any interest in them against Miami? I personally I never don't. do. I, I just I never do. That's fair. I, I can't blame you for that. Ten game slate. Just I don't I don't have interest. It's, it's Curry and it's Draymond for me. For Miami, I mean, Jimmy Butler's playing out of his mind right now. Um, he's been back for I think nine games during that span. He's around eighty two touches per game. The assist rate's massive. The, he's flirting with a triple-double pretty much every game. Um, 26% assist rate and 26% rebounding rate over the last two weeks with a 26% re, uh, usage rate. So he's awesome. Bam's 8,600. Butler's 8,300. Or 8,800, I'm sorry. Who would you rather play in this spot? Uh, Probably Butler. Butler's just been... I agree, but Bam's been gonna... great as of late, too, and I don't know how the hell Golden so State's going to yeah, slow I... him down. I agree. Uh, this just strike. I mean, this is a matchup where both of them can thrive. But Jimmy Butler has been like a walking triple double threat over the last two weeks, and specifically on Fanduel, you know, he's he's at small forward, at a ridiculously thin position, night in and night out on this slate. He's up to ninety four hundred. But if you look at his game log, 
aside from a 38.1 FanDuel point performance against Utah over his last four games. He's at 54.6, 51, 38.1, then 62. You date that back another five, six games. Two more games over 50, two more games over 45, and a game over 41. He has had two triple-doubles in his last three games, three games with 10 or more assists in his last four. He hasn't dropped below, or he's only dropped below nine assists once in his last seven games. Like He has really taken the reins of not only the the primary ball handler in this offense and distributor, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that Kendrick Nunn is starting at point guard. He's obviously not a facilitator, so that by default turns into Jimmy Butler. But he's getting a massive amount of rebounds, like seven or more um, in every game since his return. And he's scoring at will, you know, 25-plus points in five games since his return. He, th- There isn't a hole in his game right now. And in this matchup, it's hard for me to fade him. I, 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 I Trust me, I get the BAM love. I just love Jimmy Butler in this matchup. Um, I agree. And the other thing, like with Dragic out, Dragic is a guy that holds onto the ball a lot longer than – than Kendrick Nunn, so it just gives Butler the ball in his hands more. So, yeah, those two are the guys. Miami, the rest of this team, I'm meh. Yep. All right, let's close it out I with agree. the Jazz and Clippers. Paul George has already been rolled out. Kawhi Leonard, who missed the last game um, Monday and Tuesday, I should say, with a bruised leg. They He might be able to be – he might be able to play in this one. We'll see. In that last game, Marcus Morris went off. He has a, he had a, led the team with a 30% usage rate in that game. Um, 5,700 for him on DraftKings. Uh, Lou Williams has been much more involved l- lately, but he's up to 7K on DraftKings, essentially, 6,900. Like, the Clippers are kind of weird here because they obviously, everybody benefited from those guys being out, and a lot of these guys had good games. Lou Williams, Marcus Morris, Serge Ibaka, Terrence Mann. Like, all these guys were very productive. All these yeah. guys have had price bumps, except for Serge Ibaka, who in the last game wasn't very good, only played 20 minutes. What do you think of the Clippers here, uh, with George already out and with Kawhi questionable? If Kawhi out sits... Too, I believe. Yeah, Batum's out. Yeah, Batum's out. If, if Kawhi sits, I think these players are priced up to a point where I'd have a, a, a pretty easy time fading the team as a whole. Lou Williams at 7K certainly has upside, um, but... Getting a ceiling game out of Lou Williams at 7K against the Jazz seems like a, a bit of a stretch on a on a nine game or ten game slate. Or a six nine, excuse me, but still a ceiling game. Pretty hard to come by. Um, I would almost rather go to Marcus Morris at five seven because he has um, a ridiculous amount of scoring upside. The only issue with Marcus Morris is the minutes. Like I, I have a hard time seeing him get 30 minutes in a game, and he hasn't gotten that with these guys out. Um, so I, I, gen, I genuinely don't have a ton of interest in this team unless Kawhi plays. Like it, it just doesn't feel like salaries I'm comfortable playing. Do you feel strongly in the other way? You could talk me into a Baca at five two. If, yeah, he's. If I mean, Kawhi's they're going to need out. him on the court. They're definitely going to need him on the court in this matchup. That's a good point. Yeah, but I, I don't I want. I don't want any part of Reggie Jackson at five one. No, I tend to agree with you. Um, for the Jazz, Mike Conley's questionable again. He's missed the last four games during that span. Donovan Mitchell has a 33% usage rate, and he's averaging 89.8 touches per game. So, um, obviously, it's helped him. He's 8,300 on DraftKings. Didn't do incredible against Philadelphia last game. 9-24 from the field, 9-21 the game before. He's taken at least 20 shots in five straight games now. Jordan Clarkson, though, was the 
hero for Utah. I mean, my goodness, 40 points and one assist. The Jordan Clarkson special. Um, the opposite of the Tony Snell special? Yeah. Who do you like on Utah if Conley's out? Gobert's kind of always in play at its price tag. He's kind of easy for me. 7,300. You know you're going to get a double-double from him. Didn't last game, which was kind of shocking, especially with him beat out. But um, I just think he's kind of always in play at that price tag. And then you have, well, like, if if Conley's out, 8,300 is a really, really good price tag for Donovan Mitchell. And the matchups could be enhanced if Kawhi Leonard's not in there. Yeah, I uh, of this team... I think Rudy Gobert at 7-3, dollar for dollar is probably my favorite. Anytime Rudy Gobert is under like 7-7, seven, seven, I have a hard time completely yeah. passing him up just because of that upside. Just so Donovan safe. Mitchell, he's, yes, he is the epitome of a, of a safe. Like he has one of the most reliable floors in basketball. Um, Donovan Mitchell at 8-3 is totally fine. I don't, like as, as high as I am on Jordan Clarkson, I don't know if I'll get there at 6-5 on, on DraftKings. Um, I don't see a 40 point outburst again. Um, and at six, five, if he gets you 40 points and, and one, uh, one rebound or whatever the other, other peripheral you said he had was, that is a, a ceiling game at six, five, but it's also not like a massive ceiling. There aren't, it's not like there's no other players at this price that can match or outperform that. Right. Um, I will say if Kawhi's out, I think I would like Clarkson more because of potential blowout run. Um, but again, I'd, I'd much rather play Clarkson for five nine on Fanduel than I would six five on DraftKings. And if uh, Mike Conley remains out, Joe Ingles, I think anytime he's under six k in this scenario is a player I have interest in. Um, he's played thirty plus minutes in four of his last five games, twenty plus twenty or more points in three of his last four. Um, handful of uh, like at least five assists in four straight games as well. So just like last year when Ricky Rubio was out, we see him take over as one of the primary distributors. We're seeing that again without Mike Conley, so I do have interest in Ingles as well, if Conley is out. Cool. That will do it for this 10-game slate. Joe will have the game-by-game article up up at ftndaily.com on Wednesday. I'll have the five stats article and the live stream. I mean, look, uh, also, shout-out to uh, John Kelly. He, yeah, uh, won plenty of, of money on UFC over the weekend, then followed up with a nice performance uh, in the NBA I believe it was last night so look he's probably doing the same thing a lot of uh, the subscribers are doing listen to the the, the the podcast watching the live streams and reading the articles so make sure you're not missing out Joe any closing thoughts before we get out of here no uh discord has been like the subs have been absolutely killing it we had a um this was on Tuesday I believe we had a a, a single bullet take down the 100k on Fandle um, so that's, if you count both subs and staff, that's our third hundred K win in NBA this season. It's only going to continue. Absolutely. So I recommend paying attention to the discord. Absolutely. Best of luck on Wednesday night. Have a great one. We'll be back on Thursday till then. Peace out. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the FTN NBA podcast with Adam and Joe. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. 